calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. We just want to say here that some of the subject matter in this episode may cause emotional distress, especially to those who are sensitive to details surrounding sexual assault and sexual violence. If you feel you may have a negative or traumatic reaction, you may want to skip this episode. Thanks. Welcome to My Vagina. I'm Jessica Guerin. Hi, sorry, I just, got, <laughs> I just got a breaking news alert and I was reading it. I got distracted. <laughs> sorry, I'm Rebecca Frank. Clearly very easily distracted <laughs> by the news. Yeah. Here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, it's definitely researched. Rebecca, Jesse, it's spring. Oh my god, it's like summer. It's, like my neighborhood's all rowdy, and like I'm like, summer. fuck yeah. Uh, be prepared for roving creeps. Oh, uh, I walked out the other day, and yeah. I was like, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I was. So I was walking, and I walked past this construction site, and there was this dude out there, and he was like, oh, hey, supermodel, oh and he like gave me this god. like like yucky look with his fucking gold teeth and shit, and I was just like, I think I'd have to be at least a foot taller. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely headphone season. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is that the one that happened to Sophie a couple years ago. She was walking by this guy and he goes, Girl, I want to see the inside of your birth canal. And Jesus. she was like, What the f- <laughs> fuck? That's really something. It's like pink and mucusy. <laughs> what, like, what, you know, what, what do you think it looks like? What do you like? think is in there? Jesus. <laughs> anyway, before we get started, uh, also want to note how cool it is that uh, What's-His-Face got arrested. Oh, the Golden State Killer. Thank you. The 70s were just rampant with yeah. serial, serial killers, killers and like hitchhiker murders and homicides. Yeah. Um, stranger danger. Yeah, lots of that's stranger like, danger. That's like where stranger danger started, I yeah. think, was in the 70s. Yeah. But the Golden State Killer, what, he killed 12 people and raped 50. 45 and 45. burgled. Burgled like <laughs> over 100. 120 homes. Yeah. First of all, the fact that he would come in times before and like mm-hmm. hide things in the house or turn yeah. off porch lights and like unlock windows and leave ropes under so creepy uh, cushions. But also the thing that always like hit me really hard was that he would make the woman tie up a man and then put like on his belly and mm-hmm. then put plates on his back and be like, if I hear anything crash. I'm killing all of you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like evil genius. Yeah. But like the thing that always, the thing that Madness. really got me and, and what they were talking about today on on part of the episode that I was listening to um, 
was the fact that so he has a wife and two children, I, I believe. Stop. Yeah, he he has two. He's div- I think divorced from his wife, but okay. he has two kids, and and he for years and years and as as recently and I could be wrong, but as recently as the year two thousand, he called up a victim to yeah. give her a hard time and like bring 20 years bring it, later yeah bring yeah. it back up again to like let her know that he was still out there and he had kids at that point yeah he said and, remember when we had fun he just yeah. like got bored one day and like yeah. called one of his victims but it's like it's like you have like i was reading these articles about it because one of the things that i really wonder about i was like what happens like this dude went on like a 10-year rampage yeah and then they then they stop it's like the the, so sinister. There's that guy. God, I don't remember his name because I'm not like as good about serial killers as some people. But <laughs> <laughs> but he like murdered a whole mess of sex workers, um, like 60 women yeah. or something like that. Um, and then I think it's I think he just stopped at some point. And it's like you wonder what is it why like, what are they right? That's the thing. Like, do, is do it they... like your taste buds every seven years? They just change, <laughs> you know? I wonder if it's like, did they ever get close or something? I mean, or? I wonder whether it's a combination of like knowledge about the fact that DNA DNA evidence is getting better yeah. and you have to be incredibly careful. Right. Combined with this article that I read that made a certain amount of sense. But I still want I want someone to do this research to right. figure out why serial killers stop serial killing. Yeah, it's really it's an interesting question. Yeah. And the Golden State Killer was all about self-preservation. So I do wonder because, I mean, as evil as he is. Uh, he was also smart, clearly. So he knew that technology was advancing. Right. But he but also they said, and this made sense, too, um, that at a certain point, your uh, your hormones change and the and the strength of your hormones change. And so this this sex drive that men have in their 20s and 30s starts to get less and less strong as you get older. And so maybe I mean, it could be the the physicality that it takes. I mean, he climbed over fences and shit. I mean, you can't do that. Most people can't do that when they're old. I think the one thing that also bothers me about the whole situation is that they're not really giving as much credit, I think, to keeping the case alive uh, to to McNamara. Michelle McNamara, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Got him, Michelle. Yep. Yeah. My barbecue sauce. Haven't you ever noticed after people have some of my barbecue sauce, after a while when it kicks in, they get all huggy-buggy? Stop. I'm dead serious. Haven't you ever noticed that after one of my barbecues and they have the sauce, people want to get right home? We're talking about Bill Cosby, you guys. Bill oh, Cosby. The fun stuff so now. The fun <gasps> stuff. Let's fucking tear into this quote-unquote national icon. Yeah. I guess it's not a quote-unquote. He was a national icon. Yeah. And to some, I think he probably still is. We should talk about like what actually happened. Because I know everyone knows that he's been accused, but I don't think anybody knows how long this has lasted. So it started with Andrea Constant. He offered to be her mentor. She visited him in his home in Pennsylvania to discuss career advice. And then he offered her herbal pills to ease some of her anxiety. He wound up touching her breasts and vaginal area. He rubbed his penis against her hand and he digitally penetrated her. Mr. Cosby's team apparently questioned whether the episode took place earlier. And honestly, I don't fucking care when it happened. I think the statute of limitations is garbage when it comes to sexual assault and rape and abuse. There's not statute of limitations on robbery. So why should it be on? Yeah, I don't understand that you. So Bill Cosby's kind of had a similar 
pattern with everybody. It was, let me mentor you. Let me help you. And then he would basically I'm like, your dad. I'm your dad. At some point, he would either like win your trust or invite you to his room to audition. He would offer you a drink. Next thing you know, you wake up in bed with him. Right. Anyway, a year later, she moved and then accused him of inappropriate touching. In Canada. And Cosby's lawyers called it utterly preposterous. And bizarre. <laughs> and bizarre. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would say like unethical and monstrous, but you know, whatever floats, whatever your, boat. floats your fucking boat. But then according to New York Times, he apologized and declined to identify the pills. D- if you declined to identify the pills, guilty, 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 motherfucker. Yeah. OK, so Tamara Green, a California lawyer, came forward, said that he assaulted her in the 70s, that he gave her pills to combat some fever and then drove her to her apartment and started taking off her clothes, groping and kissing her and then left two one hundred dollar bills on the coffee mm-hmm. table. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh. honestly, my favorite story, because she was one of the lucky ones, was Beverly Johnson. Mm -hmm. She's such a badass. She's such a badass. I mean, all of these women are, but also just she fight or flight moment she had. She went in. He offered her a cappuccino. She took it and had two sips and felt foggy and knew that she'd been drugged. She said that she just started cursing at him and called him a motherfucker. And he basically put her in a taxi. She woke up at home. She she lucked out. Yeah, big time. Anyway, time moves forward. The Montgomery County District Attorney, Bruce Alcaster, decides not to charge Mr. Cosby and citing insufficient, credible, admissible evidence. Even if these women go and accuse him and there is evidence, it's still not enough. Right. Because and and because the witness accounts can't be trusted, yet his account can be trusted, apparently, like over all of these women. Right. And he, he's the actor in all of these things, you know, and like they're all saying that they're drugged. Uh, if just, multiple women come forward. Yeah. That's the same me, story with the same story and the same pattern. That's evidence to me. Yeah. Fast forward on March 8th, 2005, Constant sued Cosby. In September 2005, Cosby admits to, and this is super important, in September of 2005, 13 years ago, Cosby admits to obtaining quaaludes to give to young women for sex. Mr. Ms. Codstan's suit is later settled and both sign a non-disclosure agreement. The deposition and settlement amount are not made public. In February of 2006, while in the midst of her civil suit, Constan then sued one of Cosby's lawyers for defamation. Uh... But then there's this giant gap between 2006 and 2014. October 16th of 2014 was when comedian Hannibal Burris did his bit about Bill Cosby and brought his all these allegations to the forefront again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the really important things to note here is that this has been kind of like a murmur for a really long time. These themes of Bill Cosby being a creep and it has never really fully like taken him down until Hannibal, Hannibal Burris, Burris, which is awesome that he did that he did a that he did a show on it. But like or that it was part of his sketch. He did it a bunch of times, but he's a dude and it took a dude. Can I say saying this? Said. Go ahead. Uh, OK, so in October on, on October 16th, 2014, comedian Hannibal Burris did an extended bit about the rape charges in Cosby's hometown. Of Philadelphia. He said, Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. Hey, pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. <laughs> I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby, so kind of brings you down a couple notches. And it's not that Burris called him a rapist. It's that we heard him for the first time. Right. Or we heard somebody and it wasn't the 14 women who had accused him a decade before that. It was a comedian. 
it was a comedian, but most importantly, it was a man. And like, yeah. again, he's an ally. And I'm so glad that yeah, he yeah. did that because, yeah, I'm not downing Hannibal Burris because no. we needed somebody like him to stand up because we don't listen to women. After the Hannibal Burris thing and a lot more women started to come out of the woodwork. More women, more women, more women, more women. <laughs> um, January 6th of 2015, and this is super fucked up, Cosby Show star Felicia, Rash- Felicia Rashad joins the ranks of Cosby's defenders, saying the accusations are part of a coordinated attack on the comedian. Forget these women, she tells reporter Roger Friedman. What you're seeing is the destruction of a legacy, and I think it's orchestrated. I don't know why or who's doing it, but it's about the legacy. It's just so damaging. It's not about the fucking legacy. It's about the women that he abused. Exactly. Bill Cosby was arrested on charges of aggravated indecent assault in the Constant case. The charges um, came just before the expiration of the 12-year statute of limitations for the charge, and he was acquitted because it was a hung jury in 2015. Which, who the fuck are you guys that said that he wasn't guilty? Yeah. In 2017, the first trial ended in a mistrial after jurors remained deadlocked following six days of deliberations. On April 9th, 2018, the retrial began. The jury found Mr. Cosby guilty on three accounts of assaulting Ms. Constand. Penetration with lack of consent, penetration while unconscious, and penetration after administering an intoxicant. These are felonies, each punishable by up to 10 years in state prison. So the sentence could be served concurrently, which means he'll could possibly only spend 10 years if he spends any at all, because his defense team is already trying to come up with an appeal. I don't believe that. And I know that you agree with me, but that these sorts of things should be concurrent at all. Uh, like, no, I hope he dies in jail. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Me too. All these people who are like, he's old. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. He still doesn't think he did anything wrong. He assaulted and raped 60 women. Yeah. Fucking, I'm just pissed off that he's been free this entire time. He also said they're, that they're appealing the guilty verdict on the grounds of the decision to allow five other accusers to testify unfairly influence the jury. And it's like, <laughs> of course it influenced the jury yeah. because <laughs> you're guilty. Because you're a scumbag, dude. You're a scumbag rapist. And fuck his track record because Judge Steve T. O'Neill dismissed the prosecution's plea to revoke the bail. Because I'm, he said, I'm not simply going to lock him up right now, citing his age and track record for showing up to court. Oh, shut up. Also, I just want to note that he laughed through some of these testimonies. Yeah. yeah he he's, laughed. He's disgusting. Beverly Johnson, around the time that she made her accusation um, and after like the original depositions and the settlement with Constand, um, the National Enquirer planned to run a, mm. a page story that was detailing one of the women's accounts, but canceled it because Bill Cosby agreed to do a two-page exclusive interview in which he told his side of the story. Yep. So it basically became, oh, we're going to have this tell-all by one of the victims. It's super important. And then he was like, wait a second, I'm famous, so let me tell my side of the story. And they let him do it, and, yep. her, and her story got quashed. So it's like, you know, this he was the, he was the perpetrator, and also he was completely in control of how the story was being told. Mm. And and so like when these women go up and they're talking in front of the jury and they're testifying, they're going against, you know, Cliff Huxtable, the Jello man and a guy <laughs> who who controlled the story for fucking 40 years, 50 years. I mean, 1965. So I in this art in this article that you sent me from the cut, which mm-hmm. will be in the episode notes as well. There's this really 
interesting paragraph. It says, uh, in the deposition, Cosby seemed confident that his behavior did not constitute rape. He apparently saw little difference between buying someone dinner in pursuit of sex and drugging them to reach the same goal. As for consent, he said, I think that I'm pretty decent reader of people and their emotions in these romantic sexual things, end quote. If these women agreed to meet up, his deposition suggested he felt that he had a right to them. And part of what, and this is the thing that, that, just gave me shivers. Yep. Part of what took the accusations against Cosby so long to surface is that this belief extended to many of the women themselves, as well as the staff and lawyers and friends and others who helped keep the incident secret. Yep. It is a giant societal cover up yeah. every single day for almost every single woman. Yep. We have a culture that creates this atmosphere of silence and shame and honestly disbelief on what assault and rape is. Yeah. He said something else and I might be messing it up, but the idea is still there is that he still believed he was like, yeah, well, it was it's it was somewhere between permission and rejection. That gray area. Just so you guys know, that doesn't exist. Yeah. That is a black and white area. It is a yes or a no. And if she is asleep, it's a no. If if you you, roofie her and she can't move, it's a no. I mean, come on. And the thing that really gets me is like he admitted in a deposition to using quaaludes. That's how confident he yeah. was. And then and then they tried to repress it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he said that. He admitted to it. This is l- women's lives. He also asked a modeling agent to, oh my God. to connect him with young women oh who were God. in town and not financially doing well. I'm like exploding with rage right now. <laughs> exploding. It's insane. How fucking brazen but that's the thing is he yeah. even he still doesn't think he did anything wrong yeah. that's the world or he knows but in. knows that he'll get away with it that's the world that's that's privilege that's like willful ignorance that like and the fact that no one's gonna give you up because you matter too much because you're too important to culture because yeah. all of because you're protected for some reason and because we have this common misconception that rape is some violent act by a random stranger yeah. and it's not it's not it's usually not it's, it's not usually, usually the guy carried in the bushes. out by someone we know I think it's like 80, 90, 80 to 90 percent of victims know their attackers. Yeah, because according to take back the night and no means no. Yeah, because I mean, because a lot of people's attackers are their romantic partners, a friend of theirs, their their spouses. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. (laughs) I think the main argument that a lot of people have right now is that why didn't these women come forward, which is such an infuriating argument. There are multiple reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with the fact that trauma is different for everyone and sexual abuse is it's independent to every person. It's different. It's a ripple. It affects all the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was sexually assaulted and I didn't tell people for years. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I mean, there was maybe one or two people that knew that I was close to. I knew because of the situation how badly it would hurt certain people. And because I was young, I was legit scared that there were people that would kill him and I was afraid of these people that I loved going to prison which you know and that and just like the emotional turmoil and I was like well this happened so like I just have to live with this and I'm not gonna I can't do anything about it I think we spend we talk a lot just in general in society about how um, observant children are and how how kids learn things so quickly and notice things that we don't think they're gonna notice and all this kind of stuff and so you know I wasn't super engaged in like politics and feminism and wasn't really watching Mm -mm. like 
crime shows and stuff like I do now. But when I when it happened to me, I was like, okay, well, my first my first line of action was what did I do that brought this about? I shouldn't have invited him over. I shouldn't have let him come upstairs. I shouldn't have done this. And it became it became about like how I had to, first of all, uh, if I named it, I then had to deal with the fact that I was a victim of something. And I had to wade through my feelings of responsibility that I had because I had been observing the fact that women are responsible for their own fate and society doesn't love us for Mm -hmm. my entire life. So and I think ultimately the reason a lot of women don't come forward is victim shaming. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, we go through this all the time through every rape case. What were you wearing? Why did you drink that much? It's not about the person who attacked you or assaulted you. It's about you when what you did. And so we're taught that from a very young age. Yeah. And also see Brock Turner. (laughs) Yeah. See Brock Turner. Like, why would we come forward if especially when it comes to our justice system, you're if going to convict them at all, it's going to be garbage. And then we're going to basically watch our abusers walk free. Yeah. And we're going to have to sit through the embarrassment and the shame. And then you want to throw all of this and add the fact that this man was super powerful. And so any woman coming forward was going to be accused of wanting money, fame, and attention. I don't know. I keep coming back to this idea that of wondering what the level of intentionality was that he had. I feel like in the end, he kind of weaponized Cliff Huxtable because he'd spent his entire career making the idea of a successful middle-class Black family palatable Mm -hmm. to a very racist country. And that was incredibly important in terms of the visibility of success. Like white people don't have a corner on the market of success and that, you know, a black family can live in Brooklyn Heights and all this kind of stuff. And he became, God, just pisses me off so much. I mean, on so many levels. And it's also just like, was this an intentional thing or was he, did he just kind of like skate on the, on the fact that people would never believe that he yeah, did Yeah, that Bill Cosby and Cliff Huxtable became interchangeable in so many different ways. And yeah. so nobody would ever look at this guy in a cardigan as as like drugging and raping women. That's not possible. I am curious about that question because it's like, was he just two different people or was he the same person just living under this mask? Well, I mean, but, but that, that question actually that's perfect is that Cliff Huxtable is not a person. He's a character. Mm -hmm. And he is someone that Bill Cosby was able to pretend to be. But that subsumed his public persona. His family believes him so undyingly. His wife just compared him to Emmett Till. I know. I I almost, I threw something across the room. (laughs) I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. And like you said earlier, I think for a lot of the black women who were trying to accuse him, it was extra difficult for them because they had to go out against this black man who'd paved his way. Yeah. And everyone looked up to him. Beverly Johnson specifically was like, I had such a hard time with yeah. that, but it was the right thing to do. One of the things that she said that I that I thought was really interesting was she said it comes at an inopportune time for a black man of Cosby's stature. It's a conversation of race mm-hmm. very much needed in this country for centuries. And there's a conversation about violence against women that's also needed. You have these two conversations happening just so happens that I'm a black woman. Once I made the decision, I knew that it was going to be fraught with a lot of conflicting views. No one wants to be victimized again. There is like this priority list Mm -hmm. of of what conversations need to who we need to protect in order to have this conversation. Like we we can't have both the conversations at once for some reason. Of course. Yeah. He's a predator. Yeah. And it's kind of like the thing with Brock Turner. It's like, why are we concentrating on the fact that you could have had a swimming career? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? You you ruined that. You penetrated somebody. Yeah. It's over without yeah. their without their consent. He did start losing things. And I'm really happy that 
things were taken away. His honorary awards were taken away. They took his reruns off, which means no mm-hmm. residuals. A thing with that is everybody else in that show doesn't yeah. get residuals. Yep. And that really sucks for the people who didn't know. A lot of people probably did know. And shame on you. This will change things for the future because instead of saying silent, it, you will have to be like, hey, this person is assaulting this other person because it will just be standard. Right. It, it, you will keep your job just by saying something, whereas before it was staying silent. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think we can look, for example, at, you know, because this is something that I know a lot about, but what is happening in terms of USA Gymnastics and University mm-hmm. of Michigan now is like piece by piece, they're figuring out the layers of people who knew going yes. back to the 90s, finding those pe- those people and punishing or trying to punish them. Mm-hmm. And it goes, this shit is deep. Barbara Bauman did an op-ed in the Washington Post. Bill Cosby raped me. Why did it take 30 years for people to believe my story? Yeah, because the first, I think one of the first accusers was in the mid-60s. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a really long time ago. Yeah. For people to be sitting on this, sitting on this information and having to turn on their television and see reruns of a show that their rapist is on and having to see him on national TV ads selling stuff to children mm-hmm. while he's... Ugh. While he's victimizing young women. Pudding will never be the same. Never. I wonder if Jello and pudding sales took a hit. That's a good question. <laughs> I bet they did. I mean, I want to know, like, if Jello's going to respond to all of this. Yeah, because, like, seriously? I still think of Bill Cosby every time I see a package of Jello. Uh, yeah. November 21st of 2014, three more accusers step forward. November 23rd of 2014, Former Cosby Show employee Frank Scotty says he was in charge of delivering payoffs to eight different women. In his words, quote, it was a cover up. Mm. Scotty also claims that he stood guard outside of Cosby's dressing room while the comedian conducted interviews, quote unquote, with young models, all supplied by an agency he had an arrangement with. Who are these people who are around these predators, these popular predators that are allowing this to happen, who are standing by silent? You are just as bad. Yeah, I get it. Of course, there should be there should be evidence and there should be a way that we do things and and it should be it should be consistent for all victims, male, female, regard like everything. But we don't believe women. But we don't right, we don't believe women, we don't believe victims in general and and also the matter is that the accused are generally prioritized over the accusers. Yeah, 60 women are not coming forward against this powerful man 30 years later for fucking money. I'm sure all of them would rather this never have happened because yeah. not only did they go through this, but they had to go through with being silenced for so long. I'd like to hear this episode and the USAG one that we did next to the other ones because I feel like we're so much more animated and angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I told you last <gasps> night. I was like, like I'm going to be mad through this whole thing. While I'm editing, it's just me hearing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that head explosion emoji. So this is basically the timeline. You have this starting in 2005. He started he started um, being a predator in 65. And here we are in 2018 after woman after woman after woman has come forward. And finally, he was found guilty on three counts. So thank you to all the brave women who came forward. You're fucking amazing. And you're all warriors. And we're sorry that you had to. And we're so sorry. (laughs) Thank you. You're making it better for all of us. You know what's so cool about Jello gelatin pops? They taste just like Jello gelatin. But they've got a handle. So, while your right hand is doing this, your left hand can be doing this or 
this or, you know. But if your left hand sees how much fun your right hand is having, it won't want to be left out. Okay, let's do some stupid memes. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay, so after the Hannibal Burris thing in 2014, his publicist tried to... I don't know why they thought this would work, but they put a meme generator out, uh, a Bill Cosby meme generator. and Because they thought that he was immune to criticism. Right. And so they thought that it would be just like a cute, fun little thing. It backfired. It so backfired hard. so hard because now everyone's like, bitch, you a rapist. <laughs> so let's read a little bit of the Internet's firestorm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's one. I don't always eat Jello, but when I do, it's not consensual. And by Jello, I mean have sex. <laughs> I love pudding. Putting my dick where it don't belong. Nighty night, keep your butthole tight. Ooh, oh, that's a bad one. Remember when I raped that girl? Neither does she. Jesus. Uh, oh, there's one where he's all blurry. If you're seeing this, it's too late. <laughs> People are geniuses. <laughs> 14 allegations of rape. Zip, zap, zoobity, zap. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Oh, remember when I ate cake? Let's remember the cake times instead of the rape stuff. <laughs> Just came to see if any ladies are thirsty. I got cola, orange, rape. I'm sorry. I mean, grape. (laughs) (laughs) There's a picture of him drinking a coffee with a lady and it says, you won't be laughing after you finish that drink. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's not rape. It's a struggle snuggle. Oh, my God. That one, like... (laughs) so bad but it's all it's so bad it's so bad there's one with him with headphones on now i can't hear you say no oh my god i forgot this the fact that he ran a gynecology office in his basement is all starting to make sense now was that his job on the cosby show oh wait yeah he was an obstetrician obstetrician Ugh. yeah wow i got more rape allegations than i got sweaters where hell no means jello know how to knock out ronda rousey hey baby can i buy you a drink no (sighs) no she said i did what how would she know she was asleep oh my god wow some of these are rough before we discuss that here have a drink of this (laughs) that's what i'm looking at uh so i asked her does this napkin smell like chloroform (laughs) oh no it's michael jackson eating popcorn in a movie theater i just came here to hide from bill cosby <laughs> thank you for listening to welcome to my vagina it's time for us to slide on out of here Gross. <laughs> you like that sometimes i make myself laugh <laughs> we'd also like to thank our fantabulous producer caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions for producing us hosting us and for helping us reach our goals you guys we are having an ongoing conversation and we really want to hear your thoughts questions and concerns so make sure to drop us an email at welcome to my vagina at gmail.com or dm us on instagram also welcome to my vagina we might even discuss it on our next episode also check out jesse's videos at welcome to my vagina.com and please subscribe to her youtube channel Welcome to my vagina so she doesn't have to bartend anymore. So we don't have to bartend anymore. We don't anymore. have to. Read my blog. <laughs> Please check out franklyrebecca.com where Rebecca slays you, politically smacks you, and reminds any misogynist to sit down and shut the fuck up because she's smarter than you. And that's a fact that I support. Also, you can find us on Twitter at welcome to my vag because of that fucking letter limit. <laughs> and if you want to support us, you can do that too. Just go to Patreon and type in Welcome to My Vagina Podcast and give us your money. Give us your money. Thank you so much for listening and we are stoked to prick your ears in two weeks. Bye. Rebecca, say bye. Oh, bye. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) 